0: You are listening to MSP 1337. I'm your host, Chris Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for joining us today. Uh, First and foremost, I'd like to thank our sponsor, MSP Ignite. MSP Ignite offers a peer group experience that is unique to managed service providers in the technology industry. If you are serious about implementing a model for success through sharing and collaboration of best practices, this is the best way to do it. Head on over to msp-ignite.com. To get more information. All right, on to the show. Welcome everybody to this episode of MSP 1337. I'm joined this week by Aaron Frazier of uh,
1: American Technology Specialists.
0: Thank you, Aaron, for filling in the in the blank. I was going to be like "at" and then it was going to go downhill real quick. <laughs> so, so Aaron, I um, as you know, uh, MSP thirteen thirty seven is all about cybersecurity. We try to release an episode every Tuesday uh, without fail. Um, there have been a few weeks that we have not gotten it out on time but uh, you know, COVID happened. And so that's a factor for a lot of things. And so I will probably have that as at least one of my excuses going forward. Anytime it doesn't show up on time, the post you had on LinkedIn last week was talking about cyber insurance and among other things, you know, one of the things that your company specializes in is obviously finding the right fit for your clients. And I think every MSP would like to say that one of the things that they do or do well is to fill gaps and vulnerabilities that their, their clients have, uh, whether it's through technology or through their, their leveraging of, of your staff to, to sort of, you know, be be the IT department, right? Absolutely. So when we got to talking about this, and I want to clear, clearly state this for, for our listeners, this is part one of a two-part series that next week will feature... Uh, Jeff, who is really passionate about the second part of this, which is really making it tangible. So, so this episode, we're focusing on what are the things that we need to do or, or holes that need to be filled and kind of the approach that I think I'm looking forward to hearing you articulate is how do you go about filling the gaps? Like, what do you look for? Like, how do you, how do you find the right tools, the right services to fill those holes? So I guess that's like the first question. We all know that our clients are struggling with cybersecurity. Cyber insurance, obviously, is one of the big ones that they're all being faced with, like how to answer the questions. You know, will I get the coverage? What happens if they say no? So let's start with the insurance. one. we'll just say that's one gap that every client we know has that we've got to get, you know, addressed. Like, hey, make sure they have cybersecurity insurance. How do you go about helping them with that piece? (laughs) We'll start there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everybody should have cybersecurity insurance, right? I mean, it's just, it's it's rampant. And, uh, you know, the numbers are staggering when you hear them uh, on a daily basis, depending on which news outlets you listen to. Um, those numbers can can be very, uh, you know, but still, we all know it's a problem. Um, and and finding insurance, finding the right cybersecurity insurance for a company can be very daunting to ask for owners, um, most importantly, because they don't understand the technologies that the questions are specific to, and which technologies they can either purchase from an MSP um, or leverage an MSP to help fill um, those those security gaps and coverages. And so what we really try to do is bake it down to a business process with business owners and say, hey, listen, let us help you walk you down this path of this business process, which is um, identifying which type of cybersecurity insurance best fits your, your, your company, what you do. Um, re- what regulatory bodies you're governed by, um, and all those questions that they wouldn't necessarily know unless they had a, a, a more established background in, in IT um, and cybersecurity. Um, so that's really what, where we try to become more of a consultant around that and just put, point them in the right direction, right? So whether or not they utilize us as their MSP or if they have uh, cousin Eddie um, doing, doing their, their IT, we wanna make sure that they ask the correct questions of their provider. Um, to make sure that when they're answering the questions that the insurance carrier asks that they are answering them truthfully, um, knowledgeably and willingly. Um, and you know, one of the biggest things that can happen is if they are answering the questions incorrectly, they are like, oh hey, i'm I'm covered. I have a million dollar policy. If anything happens, no big deal. We'll pay the ransom my, my insurance company will pay the ransomware. And that's absolutely untrue because as any insurance company does, they try to find reasons why they shouldn't pay the claim and why they're not liable. Right. 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 So, yeah. Uh, so if you, if insurance you, insurance. Right. 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 They're not in the business
0: of paying <laughs> claims. They're in the business of getting paid to uh, let you believe that they will pay a claim.
1: Right. Right. Now right, right, right.
0: we all know that the reality is an insurance company if the, if the, if it was true that they didn't pay out claims, no one would buy insurance. So, so we know that's not the case. You mentioned something that I think is important for our listeners is determining the size of the policy and, and helping them understand, you know, when someone says, okay, I have a million dollar policy and it's $5,000 a month, is that too expensive, too cheap? And I'm not asking you to answer that specifically, but you know, helping clients understand like, hey, based on your your revenue and, and the size of your organization is making sure that you have enough in that policy that when something does happen, it's not like, oh, wait, we're not covered for that.
1: Yeah. And so, I mean, just, just high level, just to take a, a shot at it, you know, just if I was going to give you average cost that, you know, the average daily cost for a company looking for about a million dollars in cybersecurity insurance coverage would average depending on their revenue and some other factors, um, exposure, industries, et cetera, um, can start with an average daily cost of about $2.50 a day. Um, and then that can go all the way up to $20 a day, just depending. So if you're, if you're looking to budget, you know, think on the low end um, and if you go right in the middle, then you should be pretty close, right? So right. If, if you're targeting $10 per day, so $300 a month, you know, you're great, right? So. Right. Um,
0: and, and to be clear, I wasn't implying that my numbers had any bearing on actual policies. I just... <laughs> no, 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 right. I know. I, I mean, I, know. I realize that risks factor in too. So like an insurance company that's weighing risk will dramatically change on a million dollar policy you may pay a whole lot more or have a much higher deductible than someone who has like much lower risk, isn't regulated. You right. know, I think about like a manufacturing or some sort of factory that has very little technology in play. They've chosen to get an insurance policy. You look at the, you look at the probability of hit, the probability of impact, what does it do to the business? You know, insurance, an insurance broker is like, I want like a hundred of those in my portfolio, Right. right, right. right?
1: yeah absolutely you know but then again that that's another thing where where um manufacturing companies have to make sure that they're not cmc uh you know under those guidelines because of the manufacturing that they're doing right sure so they might produce one piece of a widget that goes into um an f-16 fighter you know, f-16 fighter, jet. F-16 fighter mm-hmm. or, you know f-117 or anything like that mm-hmm. they are liable right so right. they they may not know it and may not have the right protection and if they are found um, out of compliance, that then they lose that contract, right? So right. that can that can really take their business down. So that's why we think it's very important that people are at least getting educated around it. And the reason why I wanted to kind of hit on that two dollars and fifty cent low end piece, you know, or seventy five dollars a month, I think is the math. I'm not great at math, but um, the fear of the cost should be the last reason why people don't educate themselves around cybersecurity insurance. Fair, right? Yeah, <laughs> go learn about it. Get the true cost, and then evaluate if it's something that you feel that's important for for your company.
0: Well, I think it's kind of crazy when you really think about it. When was the last time you sat down and talked with a client about their, you know, errors and emissions or their general liability or you know, they have a policy most cases, right? Right. But when was the last time they actually had to spend money, you know, uh, what you know, a payout on on that on that policy? Probably non-existent, right? Most <laughs> cases. I mean, I remember when when we had when I had my MSP, uh, we got we got sued by uh, a subcontractor. Actually, they were, they were essentially our client, and they right. sued us. And and in the lawsuit, they they were like, "And if you just pay what we're asking for, you know, if you turn this into your insurance, this all goes away." Right. Funny enough, we did have insurance, but because of the date that these Yahoos picked, it was the day before our insurance went into play like we could have picked
1: any day day.
0: (laughs) after that date and our insurance would have been like yep no problem let's write a check make this go away so that would have cost us little to nothing right our insurance would have kicked in and and taken care of I think it was I think they were asking for like $35,000 it turned into then they asked for uh $240,000 just some arbitrary number we're not sure why they picked that Right, and right, over right. the course of the next two years and us spending, you know, a, a large sum of money, they literally got $7,500 in the settlement. So, like, yeah, I mean, they were totally trying to exploit the insurance. The reality was it would have been nice to have had our insurance company fighting on our behalf. Absolutely. At any rate, that, that's, that's not, <laughs> I just deviated real quick there. Hey, um, all right. So, so this is one area that I know every MSP is if they're not dealing with this or, or, or attacking this with their clients as, a, as an opportunity to both educate and an opportunity to sort of reduce your own liability, right? Because if I can say to my insurance provider, all of our clients have insurance, here's what it covers. Give that to your, I mean, that goes a long ways. Cause now I'm, now I'm not just, you know, it's like getting in a car accident. You know, if right. you could tell your, your, uh, your car insurance, like, oh, by the way, uh, every car I've ever been in an accident with, they had insurance too. Right. Um, <laughs> so, so kind of in the same, uh, same vein of, of the insurance, we, we obviously titled this, you know, filling the gaps for our clients. Um, talk to me a little bit about some of the other areas where you, you come in and you meet with a client and, you, and you're going, well, this isn't going to just be this client, Snowflake, that needs name technology. How do you approach that? Because one of the things I, I hear a lot is, you know, MSPs are transitioning from that account management model and VCIO, fill a, pick an acronym for it. And whether you want to or not, you are now also filling that role of sort of a um, cybersecurity guide or advisor. And I refrain from using terms like VC. So, because I don't think any MSP really is trying to, is, is the, you want to avoid that hat unless that's really a service you want to provide. It's a little bit different right. than the others. Um, but cyber leadership, cyber guidance, that is truly on your plate now. You know, how do you navigate that? Because you've been put into a role as de facto expert,
1: Right. And I think that's the thing that, uh, you know, us, we as MSPs have to really understand is that we have to have these conversations with our clients, right? We can't just assume that they know that we're not a cybersecurity organization, right? We're a managed service provider. We, right. we manage, we patch, we do help desk, um, you know, we do all that kind of stuff. We're their internal IT department, but we are not a cybersecurity Agency or firm, right? And a lot of times, you know, all of all of our customers, whether we want to believe it or not, one hundred percent believe that we are doing all the cybersecurity stuff for them, and they're one hundred percent protected. Oh, absolutely. That's our job, right? Right.
0: Right. And if you haven't thought about it yet, well, you should think about it anyways because you're responsible for that too.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And so, one of the things that we quickly identified is like. If we have a client that gets hit with ransomware, or you know, has a cybersecurity incident where they're liable for releasing records up to cyberspace, and um, they have some kind of fines or or punishment, they immediately look to us like, right, we're supposed to fix this, and they and we know they have insurance, and we have to pay, so we're going to sue them not our right. insurance company, right? So our insurance company, we're not gonna lean on them to cover all this, these incidents and, and How did costs. this
0: happen? You guys must've screwed How up, did, right?
1: <laughs> right, you guys were supposed to have it 100% locked down. You promised me. That I, didn't,
0: I did not click on that link. And if I did <laughs> click on that link, why didn't you know I was gonna click on that link and stop me from clicking on the link?
1: Right, right, absolutely. So we just said, let's get in front of this. Let's have conversations with our clients. Let's let them know, number one, that nobody's 100% protected. Everybody has, you know, there's holes somewhere. And, and if the cyber criminals want to get in eventually they will and with that mindset let's get in front of the whole entire the whole entire problem and let's make sure that you as Mr. and Mrs. Company are 100% protected, or as protected as you can be financially. Right. That if you are impacted by that cyber incident, that your company continue to go on can continue to go on from there, um, and then that kind of alleviates the pressure for them to go back to you and say, "I'm I have to sue you because you're the one that did this." When you right. already have that clear and open communication that we are not a cybersecurity company. If you right. want that, I can point you in the right direction. We do right. not do that however i can help you get the cybersecurity insurance you need in order to be protected and be able to pay out if a ransomware or uh, you know situation happens uh, but the first and the number the number one and first and foremost most important thing is getting cybersecurity insurance to be protected from the incident when it happens
0: right cuz it is it is going to happen and and the reality is so so with that in mind i think about our world in the msp space and, and i obviously left so i left my msp or hung up my msp hat in 20 2018 a lot has changed in the last 4 years that i'm i'm thankful that i did what i did because i i really do think that today that the level of, of pressure that everyone that's an MSP has when it comes to cybersecurity it, is, is tough. And I, and I still lose sleep for my peers in the space uh, on their behalf because right. I I've, I've been called into enough and it's like, Chris, we need your help with this situation. And I'm like, why am I like sweating and like afraid to like, you know, close my eyes of what's happening. It's not even my company. Right. Um, but one of the things that comes to mind and I think about uh, my years of running an MSP and I, and I know you can relate to this is we say things like we we manage firewalls and you said this, we patch, we make sure AV software is installed. And quite honestly, I think an MSP for for ever and always has been responsible for vulnerability management, right? You yep. know the vulnerabilities that exist, whether it's through patching or you know locking doors or making sure the 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 server room is not also the, the janitor's you know sink you know uh, closet wash closet whatever you call it. Right, right. So, but I know what we did badly over the years was we didn't really articulate or talk to the clients about what those things do or why they're important. And I know we're going to get into more of the, 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 the tactile t- touch it, feel it, see it that uh, that Jeff will talk about uh, in, in next week, but, but talk to me about how do you help them understand like things like antivirus. And I use that term because it's still a thing that we use, right? How does that, reduce the probability or at least lower the impact on the client so that when you talk about your insurance kicking in, because it has happened that we're talking about a small boom instead of a big boom.
1: Yeah. So I just, I just talked to him from a a business perspective, right? So I just kind of touch around, you know, high level things that firewalls, antivirus and other products do. um, and why that's the at least the bare minimum of what they should have and what that can and, and cannot stop so sure. to speak um, and then explain to them why there's going to be that gap. and then I explained to them that there are, there are things you can do to to bridge that gap and that there's going to be some costs associated with it, but they needed to de- determine on their own what is their level of exposure and what do they want to invest to make sure that the, they have all the products and services, um, that they should in order to be protected. I can give advice, and I can definitely make connections to people right. that have a cybersecurity background um, if they want to go in a deeper dive. Sure. Um, but most most of the clients, uh, you know, fortunately, once you have the conversation, oh, okay, yeah, like they they know the big names and like, right. okay, so that does this, yes, okay, so
0: right.
1: You know, I try not to get too much into those conversations because I think that, you know once they get too focused on just a specific product set or whatever, you they don't get, want to play
0: a vendor bingo.
1: Yeah, 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 They get lost in the weeds. I think he I just, said but, Cisco, Sophos, got it. Bingo. Right, right, bingo. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just show it like the sl- a slice of a cake, and just say, okay, here's your cake, and here's all the things you need to have. And the the icing on the cake, right, is the cybersecurity insurance. Right. Everything below that is if if the if the bad guy's coming, he's going to come through the crust, and then he's going to you know yeah take a bite through the middle part, and and try to expose all that, and probably will stop before he gets to the icing because he's full Um, and then that's when they kick in and and help resurrect that piece of cake that has been eaten if you will
0: well well, Um, and no one likes cake without frosting (laughs) frosting. i I was thinking about like okay so (laughs) let's assume for a minute you got the cake with the frosting right now right (laughs) if we don't do the due diligence that we're talking about that frosting is only on that cake one time right and then you're not going to get coverage or the cost for coverage will either be so expensive, you can't afford it, or the deductible is so high that it doesn't make sense to have it anyway.
1: Yeah. And you're out of business at that point. So yeah, it's, it's just, the, it's just a reality of the, of our environment, the reality of, uh, of the world uh, that we're in. And it's just, it's one of those things that I wanted, that we felt was important that we brought to our clients, brought to um, uh, our market and people sure. within the Phoenix metropolitan area is like, hey, listen, you got to have it. And if you're sitting back here wondering why and nay and saying, just have a conversation, right? Because we're not trying to sell you anything. Right. I'm trying to help you protect your business. And whether you buy from me or not, I will give you all of the knowledge and information that I have so that you can make the best decision. And I can right. sleep at night knowing that I'm out there trying to help people protect their businesses well and um, that so.
0: directly impacts you anyway. so even if we don't talk about the financials or you getting business out of it the reality is we're all in the same supply chain somewhere and so if it happens to you and it's bad it, it the trickle effect is is there it will it will touch others regardless of whether or not you think there's there's a touch point going to happen yeah Let's let's shift gears. So one of the things I, I hear, we've, we've made it very clear that the starting point for any client working with an MSP, trying to get their cybersecurity, or just, just trying to approach a maturity within their organization, we don't even have to say cybersecurity, but it starts with cyber insurance because at least that way, you're not going, hey, as soon as we get these things done, then we'll buy cyber insurance and we'll be ready for something happening. Because right. right, the timeline that, that bad guys use is tied directly to, let's wait another week until they get that firewall buttoned up a little bit so that we feel better about taking them down.
1: Right, right, right.
0: So, so talk to me a little bit, because one of the things I think is really important for all of our listeners, listeners to know is that if you did have a breach with regards to, you know, threat actors hitting a system, you've got cyber insurance in place. And you literally bought cyber insurance and said, I'm not going to do anything. I don't care how much was already dialed in. The fact that nothing's really changing in the environment as you go, they're going to fight really hard to not pay that claim or pay once and not pay again. Right. Right. But if you get cyber insurance and you literally put the effort, the due diligence, in, and can show a path towards compliance, a path towards a cybersecurity maturity model that that is getting better over time. Right. An insurance company isn't looking at you going, you guys didn't even you know try, which makes them not want to pay. They're looking like, wow, what happened to you sucks. We right. see that you were actually working towards truly being compliant, truly having a security posture that's respectable. Uh, we're still going to pay kind of thing. Now, I'm not saying that to say I'm guaranteeing this is going to happen. Please don't quote me on that. But do you help your clients by saying, hey, we got insurance in place. These are the next steps. Cause the last thing you ever want to hear is why am I doing all of those other things? I just bought cyber insurance. This is going to happen anyways. Why don't I just let the insurance kick in?"
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which I mean, you just want to make sure that they're constantly evolving and getting better as an organization. Um, if they're not hundred percent compliance that you have a roadmap of how you're working towards being hundred percent compliant. Um, and then most importantly, a remediation plan if something more to happen, right? So that boom, you get hit or think you get hit. Um, what are the next steps? What are, what are the steps that you have in place in order to, to isolate the incident, um, get the right people involved, which is the most important step before you do anything crazy get the right people involved that have the expertise around the situation that you're experiencing. Um, and then this again is would be something where I'm not an expert so I try not to talk on it I was on a webinar the other day, uh, with uh, Gary Pika, and uh, another gentleman that spoke about this, you know, exact situation is, you know. Don't wipe the device. Don't do things you think you should do as an IT provider to get the thing up and running. again. Forensics
0: is important. Forensics. Yes, forensics
1: are important. There's a bunch of steps that have to happen around that. Um, but if you have that remediation plan, so if you are taking a holistic approach with your clients, you're you're not only getting the cybersecurity insurance, you're getting the, the, the you know, remediation plan, the cybersecurity incident plan, um, you're getting a roadmap for technology excellence for them in place with uh, with benchmarks um, to prove that you were working towards compliant or being compliant um, with that at the cyber insurance company, just so everything's there. So, you know, when that day does come you're, you're you're ready to go um everybody's everybody's been prepped and, and knows what their roles and responsibilities right. are and then boom you're you're reacting quickly um isolating incidents so that it'll get any worse than they already are um and then moving forward with your with your remediation plan so those those are just things of getting your clients mentally prepared for uh, the situation so that when it does it happen it's not a you know a catastrophe
0: well and so Rightly so, because you are the MSP. I mean, any cyber insurance policy I've ever looked at, the questionnaire or been involved with getting the the insurance and the the policy in place has always involved one kind of key thing, the incident escalation path. Right. Like they want to know this happened, these are the steps that are taken. So many clients that I've I've worked with over the years that have had breach, that's when they actually tested the incident response plan right. and it didn't work which is why they are in the situation that they're in right um so i i think that's a good shift to transition with what time we have left how does how do, how do you guys approach the the client education component because i think in any good cybersecurity program uh, that any MSP is is even aware of in working with their clients involves some sort of security awareness training. How do you guys approach that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That, that's a great question because that that's a, that's actually the first thing that we do, right? So uh, when when we were going through the different training programs and trying to understand, you know, what we were responsible for as an MSP, what were the biggest um, gaps within the protection? Um, of our clients and what provided the biggest gaps for the bad guys to get in. We all know that it's the end user, right? So it's the person that's clicking on the link that brings in the uh, the threat attackers. And so uh, first thing we did is we said, as an organization, it is mandatory now that our clients sign up for some level of cybersecurity awareness training for their end users. Is this
0: something that you guys offer? Do Do you bring in a third party... Like, how does that look? Yeah,
1: yeah. No, we, we use the third party to provide that service. Um, again, you know, we don't want to play name bingo. So we, we typically don't tell our end users what the name of the product is. Sure. Because um, sometimes, you know, some products are really good for a half a decade. And right. And then they kind of fall off and then the new product steps up. And right. They're the new best thing. And you don't want to have to go back and explain why you switched brands. Um, <laughs> right. So what we do is we, yeah, we try to just white label it. Um, we have a set of specific tracks that we run our companies through. And we typically try to launch them, uh, cord, co- you know, coordinate those launches at the same time with each company. So if there are questions or conversations or meetings that have to happen, we're talking about one specific thing that, um, that we did to end users that they, you know, clicked on or that they entered, you know, credentials or whatever. So we're not going, okay, wait, hold on. What track are you on? Okay. And all and, oh, right, so right, this is what they did. It's it's coordinated so that it, it's the same thing across all of our clients at the exact same time.
0: Yeah. I can't remember uh, off the top of my head, the, the lady's name, she's the VP. I don't know her title specifically over at Arctic Wolf. And she did a webinar podcast. I can't, I just remember her statement. And that was, you you don't want to shame or penalize or call out someone who has failed because what is that really saying like they failed, but who failed in the education of that individual so that this wouldn't have happened in the first place? Right. And more importantly, you want a culture that says, "Together, we grow and do this better." Not, "Hey, we got rid of that employee; they clicked on one too many links." I'm telling you, right, right,
1: right. <laughs> yeah, you know, in the in the beginning days, or the beginning days, in, in the initial phase, in it, the beginning oh, of IT, <laughs> <right. laughs> uh, you know, with these with these uh, end user training things, were kind of going out. Um, you know, the whole goal was to trick people into doing stuff, right? So let's trick as many people as we can into clicking on things. Right. And to your point and, and the, and her point, uh, from Arctic Wolf was, you know, now you're shaming people, right? So the way that we like to do it is we lead with tutorials, right? So we'll lead with a a set of tutorials around what is the newest thing? Like, right. You know, lately it's been the COVID-19 thing, you know, So, so, you know, we have the tutorial, Here's what they're going to do. Here's what the threat actors are sending out. Here's a, some malicious emails or, or content you may see and be right. aware of. Um, and so we start with that. Then we may send out another tutorial on a different product set. Like, let's say we're going into Christmas and now it's you know gift cards and all that kind of stuff. Then we start sending those emails that would try to get them to click on the COVID-19 stuff wondering if it's back of mind to them already. And if it is, then they click on it, we send them a, another tutorial refresher. They go, oh goodness, I can't believe I just did that. They're already now on the, you know, the, the gift card uh, training and then so forth and so on. So it's it's always we try to educate first, test second, and then re-educate, if right. you will. That sounded a little weird, but hey, hey, uh, I, I get the idea. Re-educate. It is, it is r- rinse, and, <laughs> rinse and repeat, right? Like rinse and repeat. You got right. it.
0: This is a repetitive process. We're not going to get it right the first time I did. I was able to look it up. It is uh, Dina Davis as the VP of people, or uh, sorry, VP of R&D at Arct- Arctic Wolf. She's the one that was like, this is something that is done over time. And she's like, this is one that I, I can tell you, this was the other piece that I, I, I gleaned from, from Dina. And that was, uh, we retain only for so many weeks that information that we're consuming. And right. so she was talking about how after like four to six weeks, you start to lose that training. So a training program, particularly in the security space, cybersecurity space, can be the, yeah, every November, right before Thanksgiving, we do security awareness training in our office.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the thing that you're up against, too, is when, when you're having these conversations, you know, those are, those are the facts that us, as we as providers, MSPs, have to have that knowledge when we go talk to people. Because a lot of times business owners are like, okay, cool. So what is this, six weeks? Is this eight weeks? You know, 12 weeks? What is it? And how much does it cost? And you're like, yeah. no, unfortunately, this is forever, right? Because right. what we know and understand and, and know how to train and protect from today is not going to apply to six months from now, a year and a half from now, three years. Right. It's going to be totally different. And so we we have to be constantly evolving in our training skills.
0: Part of that problem, I know. So when they did the omnibus rule for for HIPAA compliance, one of the things it calls out is that you have to do an annual security awareness training and that kind of kind of got it got legs underneath it and it's like oh so we're doing security awareness training so what what time of year is the best time to do that training it's like this isn't cpr and it's good for two years right (laughs)
1: like
0: (laughs) staying alive or another one bites the dust i I mean you kind of fall into that latter category but you got it down
1: absolutely so listen
0: uh aaron we we are out of time I know that the part two of this is to sit down with Jeff, uh, who also also is with American Technology Specialists, yes. and to talk about more of like the business part that helps helps the client or especially the ownership of your client. The sorry, the clients who. The, the responsible for their organizations, the owners, right, the, the CEO, the, the the you know stakeholders is is getting them to take ownership and what that looks like. Why this is important beyond that we're solving cybersecurity problems and it should just be black and white. Absolutely. Any last thoughts, Aaron? Before I let you go.
1: No, this was this was a lot of fun. I appreciate you uh, having me on and uh, giving me the opportunity to speak about this and uh, just. Great program. Thank you. We'll we'll
0: have to do it again. For those of you listening, thanks and have a great week.